Welcome to Your Life Now Radio Show, where your life matters. Your host, Coach Rhea, is a certified professional life coach with a passion to help make the difference in the world. Your Life Now Radio Show brings you powerful resources and effective tips to help you live your best life ever. And now, here's your host, Coach Rhea. Hello, my friends, and welcome. I am your host, Coach Rhea. Thank you so much for joining us, whether you are listening to the show live archived or if you have downloaded the show from iTunes or from the Stitcher app. Thank you so much. Much love to you. Just a quick reminder, I am the founder and the CEO of Your Life Now. It's a professional coaching and training company. On this show, we try to cover a lot of different topics related to our everyday life on a personal as well as a professional level. On this show, we have experts that come on the show and share a lot of great information and tips with you. So just wanted to let you know this show is intended to be for information purpose and thought-provoking. All the guests that come on the show are experts in their field, and you are welcome to contact them directly from the information I provide on the show page, or you can contact me by visiting my website at www.yourlifenow.info. Again, that's www. Dot yourlifenow.info. But before we bring on our guest for today, I just like to set my intention as always. My intention of hosting this show is to inspire you. I like to inspire you to make some positive changes in your life so you can live the life that you desire. It's really all up to you. So all I ask of you on this show is to have an open mind and open heart. Take what is useful for you and question everything. It's your life, so why don't you live it your way? We're going to take a short break, and we will bring on our guest for today. So please stay tuned. We'll be right back. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Coach Ria. Thanks again for joining us. Whether you are listening to the show live or archive, I do appreciate each one of you. So just a quick reminder, the show will be archived the minute we go off the air. So it's available for you to download, to listen to it again right here on this link. Or you can also go to iTunes in the podcast section and also listen there or download it as well as the Stitcher app. So if you have a Stitcher app for your smartphone, you can listen to the show, all the episodes available right there on the Stitcher app. Our featured guest today is Patty Gogotalk. She is here to inspire you. Patty Gogotalk is the author of Change of Habit, A Spiritual Journey from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vodka. Patty has a doctorate degree in educational administration. However, the most valuable lessons she has learned came from a school of hard knocks. In her book, you will find yourself going on a journey of transformation. A change of habit has won worldwide acclaim with 14 awards, both nationally and internationally. Please help me welcome our guest, Patty Gogotalk to the show. Thank you so much for being here, Patty. Well, yes, it's wonderful to talk to you, Coach Rhea, and all of your listeners. Blessings to you. <laughs> oh, all the blessings back at you, too. Thank you so much for being here. You know, we're all about inspiring here on this show, and uh, we love people like you coming in and, and, and do that. So thank you. Appreciate it. Well, it's good to oh. be here, and um, I think we have to inspire each other because we have so much to learn from each other. We don't all have so to true. go through the school of so hard true. knocks. Hopefully we learn our lessons quickly and easily and move on. Well, you know what? I always say um, it, it's interesting that you said that because my model is um, simplify, don't amplify. I think if we simplify things, we, we find things so much smaller that it's manageable. 
when we look at life, you know, it's such a big ordeal, like life is so big, it's hard for us to, uh, um, you know, to manage it. So for that purpose, you know, with you saying that beautifully, I really wanted to remind the listeners, you know, it, it's um, it's never, an, you know, one step and you'll be over. You got to take those small steps and you got to take them with faith and you got to look at your life, you in it. What do you want to see? What do you want to change? How would you want to live your life? And in, in taking that into um beginning, I didn't expect we, we're going to be saying that. I love that being live on the show with spontaneous. And, and mm-hmm. <laughs> that was the first thing came out, which was not written down. So um, thank you for inspiring me to say that. Now, <laughs> well, I always say if you don't like where you are in life, you can paint yourself into a new picture. But you have to do it one step at a time and reach out to people and reach in with, to yourself. So, And it can be done. It sure is. And I, I think like what you're saying, you know, like you're speaking in my soul, I think we're speaking because we, we come from the same background of thinking. You know, I always say if we look at our life as, as, a, uh, as a painting, if you look at it on a canvas, right, and you yes. see it the way it is right now, you really have to be very true to yourself how you're seeing it because obviously our perception can play tricks on us, right? We, we, mm-hmm. If we look at, at something in one angle, we might see it in, in one way, and if we change our angle, we're going to see it in a different way. So open your mind. That's one of the things that I always encourage people, to open their mind to see the picture fully and see it in 3D, not flat, not 1D. See it right. in one, well, more than one dimension. Well, there's so many of us. I mean, the way I was raised is we were raised to just live our life the way we were brought up, the way we were told, the way the church told us, our parents, um, you know, to respect authority, you had to obey, and you really didn't question too much. You just kind of went along, and you know, like I was the good girl and obeyed, and um, so never did too much reflection on my own happiness or my own journey mm. because, I w- you know, I didn't have very many um, opportunities to make decisions. And when I did make a decision, you know, I had to consider other people first because it wouldn't be, it would be selfish, it would be uncharitable to think of myself. And so that's kind of what my journey has been about. And I think a lot of people are the same way. We don't want to hurt people. We don't want to be selfish. But we need to know how to take care of ourselves and protect our own happiness in the meantime. You know, you you say in a lot of great points, and I encourage people to listen and listen again, you know, after the show goes archived, because we share a lot of great information on this show. That's what the show is for. And you just made a great point. You know, we have been living the norms, I guess, what we call it normal, right? Whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, we come from a place of where the belief you know, that we were taught to, to live in a certain way, to be a certain somebody, to, to do certain things, what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. And we sort of like mold our life to be what everybody else thinks we should be. Um, right. But and what it, you're saying, we really don't, we shouldn't be that. We shouldn't live our life based on what somebody else thinks we should or what somebody else has made us believe we right. should and be. Life- is much easier. You know, as a child, life is easy if you obey and you follow the rules. But if you don't, you know, you don't make your parents happy, the school's not happy, and um, we have to learn how to swim upstream, how to have confidence in ourselves and to um, really project project out there what we want out of our life because we're each on a unique journey. Nobody else can tell me what to do. And I now know that, but I thought if I followed the rules and the rituals mm-hmm. of the church, um, this happiness would come, and I would. That's what I'm on earth for. But I've learned that that's not quite the truth. So I have to take some responsibility for the spiritual journey. Well, you actually have to take hundred percent responsibility. I love that you say that in your book, and I love how you actually hold yourself responsible for all the choices you made in your life, for mm-hmm. everything else. Because you know what, I think, you know, like you said, when we were young, we didn't know any better. And, you know, and, and, and if we didn't want to get in trouble, we just have to listen and obey, you know, right. what the adult, you know, think is right. And and uh, we just like grew up and, and to just kind of like keep, you know, molding ourselves from that place where everybody thinks this is who we are and this is how we're supposed to operate and this is how we're supposed to show and how we're always supposed to say yes and yes and yes. 
And, you, I mean, again, uh, you blow my mind about some of the stuff that I found out about you and your work. So I, I do really appreciate you. And I just have to mention, you know, because when we said, you know, from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vodka, people think well, we just, we're here to attack the Catholic Church or the Catholic nuns. We absolutely not. Just wanted to put that yeah. out there. And I know Patty, you know, right? We are not here to, to, um, um, to judge you know, uh, the religion, we're not here to judge um, the Catholic Church. But these are beliefs, these are norms, and you were part of it. Now, let me ask you this first, because you definitely, you know, you probably were asked this question many times, but um, it doesn't matter. I'm still going to ask it. <laughs> Go ahead. What was it like? <laughs> I'm just being honest, you know, that's what I am. I'm like, I should sure. have to tell you what's on my mind, right? Yeah. What was it like? You know, uh, being a Catholic nun, and, and, and what motivates you to join the convent? Well, what motivated me is, you know, you start, you wanted to please people. And, you know, you, I wanted to please my heavenly father and my earthly father. And I thought I had a calling to be a nun. I had gone through Catholic elementary school and high school, and I admired the nuns. They were happy. They gave back. And I admired their work, and I still admire their work and still want to be of service. And so I thought, oh, this would be the, the, a great thing for me. So I got in there, and um, it's very, very lonely for me. It was for me. I missed my family terribly, and um I looked at the other nuns, and they were all happy, and it kind of it, it struck me that, you know, maybe I could do this work um, of helping others and my spiritual journey without being in religious life. So, you know, and I was in the convent. I was in the Servant of Mary convent in Omaha, Nebraska, and I still consider myself a Servant of Mary, <laughs> but not quite in the organization of the religious life. But... Um, it's a wonderful calling for people who can, you know, do it, and mm -hmm. it it allows you to get out into the world, but you don't have your own family, and it was kind of lonely for me. So I kind of had to listen to that gut feeling and have the courage to leave the convent because there was a lot of guilt in leaving the convent because it was like saying no to God, and I disappointed my superiors. And so my whole book is about how to deal with um getting over the guilt, from maybe making a transition from religion to more spirituality. Because we, when I grew up, you know, God was, there was a picture of God, and he looked like a, a stern judge in heaven who was sitting in mm -hmm. front of the ledger writing down what I did that was good and what I did that was bad. And I had to be accountable, and I didn't want to make him mad. You know, we gave God all these human qualities mm -hmm. um, and transferred it over and to our thinking of you know, but it's I don't in my spiritual journey now I realize that's not the not the case. You know, you said something, and you know, you you will notice I do this a lot. I pick on words that you say, and and and, and you know, you said you know you had that image of God being a stern judge, and and the word mm -hmm. judge to me that someone is judging me based oh, on yeah. my action, based on what I do, you know. So that, to me, it's, it's a man-made, like you said, man-made concept. Right. Because to me, God is a lot bigger than a stirring judge or somebody who's like, wants me to be miserable so I can make him happy or her happy. Right. That's not what right. it's all about. Right? Right. That is, And that is such a... a you know, a, a childish kind of um, religious kind of thing. You know, you look in the prayer book and you see this picture and you think that's it. But you have to kind of develop your own spirituality. You're, and that's why my first secret in the book is called Don't Let Religion Get in the Way of Your Relationship with God. Because mm -hmm. I kind of did. I looked to the church and followed the rules and the rituals and all this. And I thought that was it. I went through the little checklist of I went to Mass and said my rosary. and But I was still missing something, that personal connection. And so I gave away my personal religious spirituality power when I just mm -hmm. kind of gave it over and did whatever they told me to do without taking that responsibility. Yeah, I mean, you know, see, you and I would talk off the air, and, and, you know, I told you, I mean, I went to Catholic school. There's a lot of people probably who listen to the show have gone to Catholic school. But, you know, my question to you was, like, you know, what made you, you know, 
Like how do how do they get you, you know, to to want to mm-hmm. join? But you know, I mean, I I like again, I'm really not against anybody or against religion, whatever. But for me, since we are talking spirituality here, really, we kind of taking the religion out and 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 really speaking from from a place of truth because God represents everything, everything. God represents right. you, I, nature, um, everything, everything to me. That's God. God is mm-hmm. not you know, uh, confined in, in one little, you know, definition like, you know, whether it's Jesus or Muhammad or, 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 or stern judge or whatever it is. That's not what God represents to people like ourselves who, who see, like, beyond, you know, the beliefs and beyond the habits and beyond the norms and beyond the guilt, you know. So it must have been a really huge burden on you, you know, to actually feel the guilt. And, and I mean, you know, can you, like, Summarize those feelings, those emotions a little bit. Well, the guilt comes from um, the way we were raised, the way I was raised. You know, you're kind of raised to be perfect. And if you weren't perfect, there was confession to go to so you could absolve these so-called sins. So you're raised to be perfect. You're raised to please people. Um, and you're, you kind of perform and and you kind of go this go through these actions without much I did without much reflection. And so hmm. the guilt comes so not only from the church but from the culture. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at our society, I pick up the books on my my magazines on the coffee table and it says like the 10 best doctors in Phoenix or the top five restaurants in, you know, San Francisco. Everything like you said Rhea, is being judged. Mm-hmm. We just can't Label. be accepted. So the the guilt comes from that, of trying mm-hmm. to be, you don't want to let anybody down. You want to hit that standard. You want to be mm-hmm. in that top ten. You want to be the perfect attendance or the valedictorian um, <clears throat> or the best. Or You don't want to make a mistake. In the Cosmopolitan magazine, oh, I want to say 30 years ago, there was an, an article by a woman, and it was the title of it is, What is Right?, with Mr. Wrong. And it was about a woman in her <laughs> 40s who had not mm-hmm. married. Mm-hmm. And at that time, if you didn't have children by the time you were 30, something was wrong with you, you know. Thank goodness we've moved beyond that. But she mm-hmm. took her life and she looked at it and each man, she said if I hadn't been for Paul, I would never have gotten to enjoy the opera. If I hadn't been with Steve, I would never learn to have um ridden a motorcycle. So she looked back at all these Mr. Wrong people, all these mistakes, so-called, in her life, and she fit them into her life, making her what she is. And I thought, what a healthy attitude to take these Mm -hmm. missteps and turn them into stepping stones. And that's what I'm trying to do now with changing that mindset, changing that whole paradigm that it's okay to fall. That's how we learn to walk. And it's okay to to fail as long as we get up and we learn something and move on. So that's yeah. where the guilt comes from. Right, right. You know, I mean, there's so much judgment and so much like, you know, I mean, every day, you know, it's, it's whether how you respond to these judgment. I mean, I, I posted something today on Facebook that was just, you know, I, I always have like some kind of curiosity about things. And, you know, I said, when you look at yourself in, in, in a photo or in a video, Right, because this is something mm-hmm. happened just recently. You know where I this came up. What do you see? Do you see yourself from the eyes of others, or do you see yourself just the way you are from your own perspective? If you see, if you see yourself from the eyes of other others, you are giving them the permission to judge you. However, when you see yourself from your own perspective, who you are and what you see is all up to you. Right. And I think we are so hard on ourselves. We judge mm-hmm. ourselves. I mm-hmm. give everybody else a break. I mean, everybody else a slack, you know, but I'm tough mm-hmm. on myself. Like even when when I'm cooking, you know, we'll mm-hmm. call for a, a teaspoon of crushed garlic. Well, if I get the can of garlic out, that little jar in the refrigerator that's already prepared, that's already done, I feel guilty that I didn't prepare it, that I didn't go through all the steps of buying the bulb of garlic and peeling it and chopping it and crushing it because I thought, you know, that's probably the way it should be done. <laughs> that word because should. See, so that's why you you were raised to believe in that. So, like, even on the simplest things like that, it's so hard yes. to break away from the norm. Yes. 
Exactly. I mean, we were raised to do it. You know, if you can't do it right, then don't do it at all. That 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 feeling. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, we are our worst. You know, um, and that's why. I mean, I, I believe in your book, which is really kind of you know the fact that you hold a responsibility, and the fact what I just shared what I what I wrote. It really comes back to you. You are in control. You gotta make that. You gotta step in your own place where you are right now and own it. First of all. Own where you are and realize you are not what other things of you. You are not whatever, and don't judge yourself. Because That's judge it. you yourself. have to step in. You just have to step into yourself, like you said, Ria, with self-love. It is mm-hmm. not selfish to love yourself and to take care of yourself. Because if you don't, you don't have anything to give everybody else. You know, but the um, you know, you have to you have to take care of yourself. I mean, you, you just. Otherwise, you're just running around like a chicken with your head cut off trying to please people. And at the end of your life, you didn't live your own life. There is a book out that is written. um, It's The Biggest Regrets of Your Life. It's a Hay House book. Mm -hmm. And uh, the author is a woman. She's a a hospice nurse in Australia, and she writes about the, the dying patients and their biggest regrets. And one of the biggest regrets of everybody on their dying bed <laughs> is that they didn't live life for themselves. They their lived way. it for others. Isn't and that, I think that, that if really everybody sad. looks at it, you look back yeah. at your life and what did you regret? And it, mm-hmm. that's kind of sad to think that you didn't live it for yourself because you, we have one life and we, you know, we don't well, want to squander it. <laughs> right, right. You know, worry about this lifetime, even if you believe in other lives, you know. Just worry about, well, not worry. I mean, work on this lifetime. And, and, you know, I mean, I know, you know what, it's really a lot of time I have to pause and and say this out loud to let them realize nothing can happen overnight. It's a work in progress. You know, Mm -hmm. um, uh, Patty had gone through the transformation, had gone through her journey, and that's why her book is a great resource for you, A Change of Habit. It's a really good resource book for me, Patty. I found it to be really very helpful because even though you're sharing your own private, you know, self a little bit Mm -hmm. in it, um, you're really taking us on that journey to that transformation about, like, the guilt, about the feeling of being defeated, about feeling like, you know, okay, so now what do I do and how would I get over that guilt? And then right. you found the solution. So, uh, you know, so my question is to you, when did you actually know it's time to change the habit? It's it, it's a gradual uh, an awareness of, you know, and it comes with honest reflection, and it has to be honest because I don't think I was even honest with myself. People would, and this, you know, after the convent of seven years, then I got into a marriage that failed after 12 years. And I knew the day I walked down the aisle that it didn't feel right, but I didn't at that time listen to my gut feel, and I just did what I thought should be done. You know, at that point, my two younger sisters were married and having kids, and so... Here I was, the ugly duckling, older sister, not married, no kids, you know, kind of looking like society's cast off, that something's wrong with you, if you, you know. So I go down the aisle and get married. and So all through the marriage, I, as a good Catholic woman, try to make it happen and try to make everybody happy and keep it together, which I did. And people would come up and say, "How are, are you okay? And I go, oh, I'm fine. Are you, are you okay? Fine. I wasn't really honest with myself. Mm-hmm. Because I didn't have the emotional tools or whatever I needed. I wasn't quite ready at that time to make the move to be happy. So you kind of put yourself in denial that you're happy. And so physically I got down to, you know, like 100 pounds, and I looked very sickly. And I then, like I said, you look in the mirror and you say, my gosh, something is wrong. I have to do something. And at that mm-hmm. point, what do you do? I'm a good Catholic woman. We're Eucharistic ministers. It's like we don't, the church didn't believe in divorce. So then again, more guilt. Mm-hmm. So you can see how it just kind of. Well, because you get trapped like, into that cycle. That's what happened. Because you got trapped in that cycle, and what you're doing is just spinning in that cycle. Like that's imagine right. yourself. Yeah, well, unless you, you shut off that, the, 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 you know, where it is, that you're going to keep on spinning and you're going to keep repeating. Other things are going to track you back 
into that guilt and into all those old habits and 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 you know follow follow the beliefs and follow the norms. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, it's it's. Um, do you have anything? Would you like to read anything from the book? Because I think your book is amazing, and if you have it in front of you, we'd love to hear something that you think well, is. I just chose a little paragraph at the end because all through the book, I'm looking to God for you know some direction and praying to Him like, God, where are you? Help me with this. Help me with that. So I'm at the altar, and my husband now, Joe, and I are getting married, and I'm standing at the altar, and I have this is it. It says, closing my eyes, I prayed once again. Where are you, God? It's me again, Patty. Thank you. Yes, Patty, I am here with you like always. A deep voice within me seemed to answer. I have been the knot in your stomach, the tears in your eyes, the red-bitten lip, the lilt in your step, and the pounding of your heart. While you were busy looking for me in rites, rituals, and rules, I was here all along on the inside. Mm. I've been with you every step of the way. As God spoke, sheer contentment washed over me, and the tears that I held back now flowed. Mm-hmm. And that was at the altar. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Truly beautifully said. Thank you for sharing that. Um, you know, I just wanted to give uh, some, some information here to uh, our listener here. If you are like, I see some people in the uh, um, switchboard, um, you look like you're in the listening mode, so thank you for being here. But if you do have any question or you'd like to um, uh, speak with myself or Patty, please make sure you hit dial hit one, I believe, and then you'll be able to um, wait till we get you back on the on the air. Um, otherwise, thank you for being here. And for those who are you know wanted to listen via phone, you can call in six two six two one three five seven seven three. You can also use the Skype icon next to the phone number to dial Skype to Skype if you wish to do that. Um, so, you know, we, we also, I just opened the chat room too, so you're welcome to sign in in there and then put your question or comments in there. We'd love to hear from you. We're going to take a short break and when we come back, we're going to continue with Patty, the amazing Patty and her inspiration story in her book and we will be right back. So please stay tuned. Your Life Now Radio Show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. After spending seven years as a Catholic nun and 12 years of failed marriage, Patty Gorkatan began to listen to her heart she found the courage and gave herself the permission to live her life on her own terms. Patty has a doctoral degree. However, the most valuable lessons she has learned came from the school of hard knocks. Patty Gogatak presents A Change of Habit, a book of hope and inspiration from conforming to the convent and struggling for survival to breaking the barriers and changing the habits. A change of habit will inspire you to break away from guilt and learn to embrace change. Patty invites you to enjoy her journey of discovery and learn a secret that she has collected along the way. The seven secrets to guilt-free living. A change of habit is available on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And for more information, please visit www.amazon.com. PattyGokatak.com. Okay, welcome back, my friends. You are listening to your Life Now radio show. I am your host, Kotria. Thanks again for joining us. We are live on the air right now. But if you are listening live, we appreciate you as well. Remember, the show will go uh, archived after we finish um, the, the live show. And, of course, you can download it from here. You can download it from the podcast in on iTunes, I really appreciate your support there, and I encourage you to follow the show for up-to-date information. And then, of course, we have all our episodes are on the Stitcher app. So if you don't have the Stitcher app, I encourage you to get it. It's it's free app. You can install it on your smartphone, on your tablet, and listen to all our episodes. So we do appreciate you there as well. So today, our featured guest is Patty Gogatov. She is the author of Change of Habits. 
A Spiritual Journey from Sister Mary Kateri to Sister Mary Vaska. And, you know, if if you haven't heard from the beginning, she has a doctorate in, in uh, educational administration, but her most valuable lessons were learned from the School of Hard Knocks. And her book has won worldwide acclaim with 14 awards, both nationally and internationally. And, uh, you know, so welcome again, Patty, for being, thank you so much for being here. Welcome back. Thank you. This is great. I enjoy this. Oh, you know, it's fun. You know, it's, it's it's fun to talk from the heart and really express and, and share, you know, because it's really all about, you know, connecting with people on the sense of what really makes a difference for them. Because I can guarantee you right now there's a lot of people out there who are listening or not listening or hopefully they share this show with their friends and family and make them realize it's time to break away from that guilt, you know, and uh, um, step into your own, you know, yourself is stepping into you and and realize you are who you are not what everybody else think you are basically right and when you carry that burden of guilt not only does it influence all your decisions you know it make it gives you like a poor decision making basis if you're doing what's right for everybody else rather than yourself and eventually that all takes a toll on us physically and so it's just not emotionally, it's just not spiritually. Just look at your physical self, how you feel. Sometimes, you know, you, like in that section of the book that I just read, the knot in your stomach is telling you something, or the biting of your lip or the twisting of your hair. We all carry a lot of guilt and um, stress and shame that we don't want to own up to because we 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 don't want to be that kind of person and you know because we've been judged but it it takes a physical toll on us too and mm-hmm. some of the you know it can be a lighter response like the jittering of the leg or you know the muscle tension headaches or the sleeplessness or it could you know it and it can, it can advance too with some heavier symptoms you know like you start drinking a glass of wine and it's a bottle of wine and then you know it's it's a coping mechanism and then sometimes your stomach is all cramped up in your headaches and so for your own physical well-being you need to um look at guilt and actually <clears throat> when you are going through the day just stop and ask yourself how do you feel mm-hmm. and if you know are, are you happy or are you sad or are you you know depressed or what and then see if you can tie it to a physical symptom like you know a stiff neck or a <clears throat> Or, a, you know, a twitch in your eye or something like that. Because that's your body trying to tell you something, mm-hmm. trying to give you a message that we need to mm-hmm. do something here. You know, I mean, I, I, you know, I've been in, in the professional self-development professionally and personally working with, you know, with a business owner or just a person. You know, I, and I have to tell you, it, the, the guilt is a major thing, like in, in common things in most people. Even, in, you know, professionally, I mean, people, you know, like they, 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 because of the guilt, they feel like, you know, if they don't finish something, even though they don't know how to finish it or they don't have the resources to finish it, we're talking professionally here, mm-hmm. because they feel guilty, you know, they, they, I mean, they carry that in them, they carry that in their body and, and it's really, it's the worst feeling. I've been in that place and I was right, feeling, you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really not a good place to be. And you well, know what? Yeah, you feel like you didn't measure up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and you need to break away from that because you free yourself. It's amazing. How well, and every night, every night as I lay in bed, my one of my final little thoughts is, you know, my value and self worth is inherent. I am not constrained by what I accomplish and by time. Can so you repeat that? that? I love that. Me. Because we want to quote you right on this then. one. <laughs> So it relaxes my shoulders and I can go to sleep. When when I realize that I am inherently a wonderful child of God or of this universe, it doesn't matter what I accomplish and what I don't. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it kind of helps yeah, me go to sleep. To Maybe it will help anybody. some of the other guilt some of the other guilt sponges out there who absorb the guilt like I do. Well, you know what? I mean, it is so. I mean, I mentioned to you. I mean, you know, it it it's just a wide phenomena i guess i don't know like it's it, it spreads like uh like you know you said people are a sponge everybody just takes it in and it's just you know and 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 all it what happened when when a sponge get wet it expands 
Mm-hmm. So imagine that guilt, you know, you're taking all that stuff in. You, you, finally, eventually, you know, you're going to give out. You know, you yeah. you can. Your body would not handle it, you know, uh, physically and then emotionally. And, I, you know, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a major a problem. But, again, you can change that. And that's what it is. And that's why the book, you know, um, A Change of Habits. So I'm going to go back to the book here. And uh, before the break, we talked about what is it that you, um, when did you know that you wanted to change the habit? And uh, um, now I wanted to ask you, what were you hoping to change the most or first? Well, what did you change first? Well, it, I just didn't sit down and make a game plan. That sounds like it would be pretty easy, like, oh, I have to sit down, I have to do this, I have to do that, I have to do this. But the, it started in the convent when we changed the physical habits because when I was there in um, the 1960s, you know, we took religious names and we wore the old habits, the full veils and the tunics and everything. And as Vatican II progressed, um, we were to be more part of the, the, the wider church with the laity and we wanted to be more accessible, so we started wearing street clothes. Well, as we changed, took off those as I took off the habit, that religious habit, I looked in the mirror and go, well, where's the real Patty? I mean, where mm-hmm. is the real person? I had lost all my identity, you know, even my name. I mean, I was Sister Mary Kateri in the convent. And mm-hmm. when I first entered, we couldn't talk about our home life and we couldn't talk about certain things because they wanted us all to be in, you know, in the realm of the spiritual world and not of the material world, because at that time they were thinking, you know, like from that Bible, the, a rich man can't get to heaven. They're like, you know, is it, it's easier for a camel to get through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to get into heaven. So they they split the material world from the spiritual world, and they didn't think that you could have both, that we had to take the vow of poverty, chastity, and obedience in order to give ourselves to God. Mm. And that's n- not the case. I mean, you know, you can still find God and have a relationship with him, you know, without taking those, those vows. So it's like, well, what really do I want from life, and who am I and why am I here? So that's why my seven secrets to guilt-free living really helped me. These are little things that I collected along the way, little sayings and stuff, that helped me make decisions and to find myself and my spirituality. So I put the seven secrets to guilt-free living in the book. So after every two or three chapters, there's a secret, and there is a reflection on it, and then a takeaway, what we can learn from Mm. that. So I'm a firm believer, like we said at the beginning, Rhea, that Mm -hmm. you don't have to go through this by yourself. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be blindsided and go Mm -hmm. through all the school of hard knocks, but you can learn from each other. You know, I mean, this has always, like, come to my mind, and, and, and frankly, you know, I mean, I, I know it sounds a little bit harsh, you know, but I always say it's like, we, I mean, do really people have to hit, like, some kind of bottom somewhere in order for them to realize it's time to change something in their life? Can we just do it without the, the do you follow what I'm saying? I mean, like you said. I do. I, I, I see it. I see it all the time. Sabotaging. Why is I know. sabotaging? Is, it's just so mind-blowing to me. Well, we hear that all the time. You have to hit rock bottom. And I see it with people that I work with, you know, and you try to prevent it. But sometimes you just have to go through, you have to fall the down problem. and learn for yourself. And when you're looking at it from you know, outside yourself, and maybe it's your children, which I think would be the hardest thing to do, oh. is to watch your children stumble and fall, and you want to be there to help them up, but you don't want them to go through that pain or that the process, mm-hmm. and that that is kind of life. But I really do think that we can help each other and learn from each other in a supportive um, atmosphere, and I think that's that's why the book is, you know, so well accepted is because it's okay. And you don't have to yeah. go through religious life and a failed marriage to experience this. I have people who are in the military or people who were raised and with a father who was a strict disciplinarian who had to obey the rules and couldn't think for themselves mm-hmm. and they had to answer the phone a certain way. And so it's just not religion. I mean, culture also puts a lot of pressure on you. You know what I always say, you 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 know, you, you notice I keep trying to pick on things that you're saying. I mean, the outreach, you know, right? So, like, you know, g- get some help, ask for help. 
Because, I mean, frankly, it really upset me to see some people like Robert William and Robin William yeah. and what's, what's her name? Um, oh, my God. Uh, my favorite uh, singer now. Um, Whitney Houston. Oh, Whitney. Whitney Houston, You know, yeah. I mean, and so on and so forth. Some of these, like, even the young guy from, from Glee, you know, and, and, yes. and so on. There's so many people. Of course, these are in the eyes of, of, of you know, we know about them. It's just because they are stars and stuff like that. But there's mm-hmm. normal, average person who goes through this every single day. So if you feel you are stuck in somewhere, don't feel like you are alone. I, I would say you are never alone. And, oh, no, you know, you're never I, alone. I, yeah, you're never alone, and I love what Mother Teresa, God bless her soul, she had said this story. I heard it actually from Dr. Wayne Dyer one time. He was saying that uh, um, I think it was in uh, Seattle, one somewhere, or uh, um, Washington D.C., where a radio host had invited Mother Teresa to come on his show because she was there in in the area, and it was like a really early in the morning interview, um, and and so on and so forth, and he was over himself, it's like he couldn't believe that Mother Teresa was there, and he's interviewing her, so he is like, Mother Teresa, can you please tell me anything that I can do, you know, whatever, just name something that you can, you know, that you can tell me that I will do for you, I will do anything for you, so you know what she said to him? She said what? to him, I want you to get up tomorrow morning at 4.30 in the morning and walk downtown, Seattle, I can't remember exactly the place, and then find a homeless person or somebody and tell them, tell that person you are not alone. Oh, that's good. <clears throat> that's good. Well, it's the, you know, the, the reaching out for help. People have a difficult time with that. Because mm-hmm. they don't sometimes see themselves as needing help, and they mm-hmm. they don't want to reach out. When I was going through my divorce, I was 38 years old, and here I was. I had failed at the convent. I had failed in a 12 years marriage. I'm 38 years old. I had to move back with my, my parents, and I said, I am just a failure. So right. I got some professional help, and the first thing the counselor said is, well, how do you feel going through this? I said, well, I don't know. And she said, well, do you feel sad? And I go, yeah. And she said, well, do you, are you angry? I said, I don't know. And so she went through all the emotions, and I really couldn't identify with any because I had pushed them down or we'd repressed them for so long just to get through that I didn't really own any emotions because, you know, I shouldn't feel jealous or I shouldn't feel angry. So she recommended that I go to this support group for women, and we would read this book. It was called Women Who Love Too Much. And mm-hmm. we would go every week and we'd talk about somebody's, you know, somebody would share their story. And I listened to all these stories from these women who were taking all this, like, abuse from their kids and their bosses and their husbands. And I'm thinking, these women are a bunch of wackos. I don't belong here. I'm not <laughs> like that. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so when it came my turn and I told my story, it's like, then I heard it for the first time. I'm one of them. I, I have this problem. <laughs> so mm-hmm. when we say it's reach out for help and get some help, sometimes we don't even know we need it. Right. So yeah, we I have mean, to be honest with ourselves. That's what it is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I think when you start holding yourself accountable for yourself, that makes mm-hmm. any sense? Holding yourself accountable and 100% taking responsibility for everything that showed up in your life, which is the hardest thing for people to do. And until that point in my life, when I start doing that, I completely transformed my life. I'll be honest with you, a few years long, you know, well, almost like about at least eight, nine years ago, you know, I was at that place where I realized, you know what, I mean, like, oh, my God, look, this person did to me, this, you know, whatever. And I wasn't holding myself accountable. But when I did, like, it's, it's a freedom. I swear it was just like a freedom realizing, you know what, I'm in control. Because if I am responsible, that means I can change things. Right. But we don't see our own power. We don't realize that the power is in our hands. We look to others to make our own happiness. Right. Well, that's why we have shows like mine and people like you writing books like, I mean, seriously, I think the more people, they open their mind and, and they, you know, knowledge is power. And, 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 you know, read things and, and, and see what other people have done in a similar situation. Of course, you don't want to read something negative. You want to be inspired by somebody. And I think it's really, really important that people realize that and connect, 
you know, with their true self, even if they need some kind of tools, just ask yourself, like you said, I, I've been doing this for years. I ask mm-hmm. those questions. It becomes natural for me because it's, it becomes a habit. Like I mm-hmm. ask myself, well, how do I feel right now? What am I thinking about right now? You know, mm-hmm. it brings me back to the place where I am right now. They call me the queen of now because everything happens right now. You are in, you have power when you realize where you're standing right now, you are okay in this moment. You are okay. You're okay and it's in this moment and you just have to take responsibility for that and not blame others because we kind of feel powerless. And um, that, that's when we lose our power and we don't realize what we have. You know, I mean, it, it, like, again, I really encourage people to check out your book. It's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. Of course, you can go to Patty's website, pattygogotalk.com. It is in the show page. So if you log into the, to the show, you'll, you'll see the link there. And uh, you'll be able to go there and get the book, and I encourage you to do that. So we have a few, so you know, a few minutes left in 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 in, uh, in the hour, and I wanted to ask you, uh, Patty, what motivates you to write a change of habit? I write, I write as a call to action. I want to mm-hmm. empower others to mm-hmm. honestly and consistently reflect on their situations, whether it's religious or political or marital or familiar or whatever, reflect on them honestly. And then to bravely act and take the steps necessary to promote Mm -hmm. and protect your own happiness. Because that's what I'm here is so everybody can be happy. (laughs) And so what were you hoping that people, the readers, would get out of the book? That's it. I want them to find their own voice, to find their power, and to know that through baby steps they can they're responsible for their own happiness and they can do it they can do it but they have to release that guilt and i have a few i have three guided meditations on my website and one is called releasing the guilt and one is called washing away the stains of guilt and the third one is called protecting your happiness and these are like 30 minute guided meditations that I, I use, I listen to them myself, and I use them in my workshops to help people release the guilt. And it's okay to be quiet and know you are loved and just release the guilt. Or if it's not guilt, maybe if it's anger or maybe it's jealousy or maybe it's doubt or worry, but just release it into yeah. the universe and know that you are, and here's another thing I say when I go to bed, no wonder I can't sleep at night because I'm always saying my affirmations. <laughs> But I always say I am divinely guided, gifted, and guarded. So you use so that, you, use that when I think that I'm great. guarded and I'm gifted, you know, and protected, and I have all the equipment that I need for my journey, and um, I, I just relax a little bit more. You know, your practices are so, like, you know, I mean, I, I think it's great because, you know, I mean, I do a lot of things, you know, myself, and I, I, I know how powerful those practices are. And I know you blog. And, I, you know, I mean, for me, I always encourage, and I every single client that I work with, I teach them to start journaling, writing things down. It's amazing how the power of the word, like when you actually say them out loud to yourself, or repeat certain things, how you're subconscious, because you really, you know, um, bring in some of the stuff to your subconscious mind. Because it's such a small percentage of people are conscious of their everyday activity, right? So most of mm-hmm. people, they really don't know what they're doing, you know, on a, on, like how they got from A to, to Z, how they, how, yeah, I mean, seriously, it's like a robotic, you know, it's like we all just, you know, we follow routine and, and we get here, we do this, we do that. It's just because this is how things are. But we don't realize how much we influence our subconscious mind. So if if we can just change that by mm-hmm. some of these tools, like you said, whether it's meditation, using positive affirmation, writing things positive that you want to see happen and change in your life and, and, and go from there. And I do really encourage you again to go and get the book and read that book. Um, would you share one secret with us? <laughs> well, one secret. I have them right here. Um, and before we uh, wrap up, Rhea, I want to tell the people that are listening that they can go to my website and sign up for my blog. Every Thursday I put out a blog, and it's just a short, like, 300-word um, 
you know, a little spiritual thought or inspiration. Last week I wrote about uh, prayers for the hurried and the worried, three little short prayers you could say. So it just gives you a little support. So you can go to the website, put your email in there, and that will come out every Thursday. Now, okay, one of the um, secrets, I got this from a priest when I couldn't decide if to leave the convent or not. I was in what we call analysis paralysis. I was so afraid to make any decision. I didn't want to hurt God. I didn't want to hurt the nuns. I was just stuck. And he said, and this is secret number four, don't worry about making a good decision. Instead, make a decision good. And that just gave me the freedom to make a decision, follow my heart, and not worry about it. Make it good. Make it work for me. So that's one of the, that's that's a good secret. I'm sorry, but I'm laughing here because that secret that you just mentioned, it was exactly the same one I was going to share, if you were allowed me. (laughs) Because it was like, it was such a like, you know, I mean, (laughs) can you repeat it again? I can. Secret number four, don't worry about making a good decision. Instead, make a decision good. That so don't beautiful. get wrapped up with the pros and the cons and thinking mm-hmm. that i got to do this for my husband, I have to do this for the church, I have to do this for my kids. Just make a decision and then make it good. That is so true. That is so, so that gave true. So that gave me the freedom, and especially coming from a priest, you know, that that's a, he gave me the permission to think for myself for the first time because I would always follow what the priest said or the nun said or the what the Bible said or, you know, the rule. And um, I realized that, you know, I had some power. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, from what you're saying, you know, emphasizing on some of the things that you're saying, you really, you know, also like if you, if you simplify things in your life, if, if you – if you take the the guilt out, if you take the judgment out, if you really just connect with yourself, with your true self, you realize that everything is possible and change is possible because we're all afraid of change. And, you know, honestly, truly, uh, uh, Patty, I think a lot of people can use praise these days. There's so much you know, stuff unfortunately is going on in the world. And I think, you know, getting a prayer from you, so I do encourage people to go ahead and, and, and really go back to your website, pattygogotalk.com, and and uh, um, if you want to, you know, receive some inspiration or anything like that from her, you know, I encourage you to do that. But it is so true. And I think it really just takes that one step, that one step. That one step. You want to do something, Right. Here's the thought, the takeaway for the day. If you just follow your heart, you will always be led in the right way. So listen to your heart. You have to be able to tap into your heart. Listen to what your heart's saying. Cut out all the external noise of what people tell you you should do or what you should be or what you should accomplish. Mm -hmm. And listen to your heart in the rhythm of your own life. And I think you'll you'll be fine. You you know you won't have to make amends or make excuses or feel bad or carry guilt because if you follow your heart, that's kind of like your inner counselor. That's your mm-hmm. GPS system to kind of lead us because that's where you know that's the the language of the soul is the emotion. So you have to be able to tap into those and follow your heart, and then you will never have a bad day. Yeah, you know, and, and you know, I, I always emphasize people think it's like, oh, it's easy said. It really, it's not as difficult as, you know, on my style, really. Because, I mean, people think it's it's just, you know, oh, I can never do that. I can never do that. Well, if you keep telling yourself you can't, you can't. If you tell yourself you can, you will. So it's really, it's just a matter of changing your mind, your attitude, how you preview your life and you in it. You in it, not somebody else. Right, and I think the big attitude is that attitude of gratitude. If you just begin every morning, mm-hmm. thank you, Lord, for this grand and glorious day. Mm-hmm. What do you have? What adventure do you have for me today? With that attitude, if you have gratitude for wherever you are, with whatever you have, appreciate the little things, the, the sunshine in the morning or your your child's smile or just go through life, go through that day with gratitude, and then that abundance will start flowing in. You know, it's that law of attraction. If I'm grateful for what I have, more comes. So, you know, I so think true. it's that attitude of gratitude that we have to develop also. So true, so true. I mean, that's, uh, um, you know, practice 
it takes practice. I mean, you know, I practice these things. I see them making a difference in my life, and I encourage you to listen to what Patty's saying because they will make a difference in your life. And, and you know, it, the, the question is, are you ready for it? Because, if, frankly, if, if people are not ready, like we talked about it in, in, in the beginning, you don't really don't have to have something or hit bottom to make a change in your life. But if that's what you want and you're not ready, that's really your call, in other words. Well, hopefully Anything? people won't have to hit bottom, and they can. Well, that's what um, we're hoping. I mean, we're trying to save them by giving them. All. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how much I can make it simplify it because, again, this is like what I love about life. If we we simplify it, it is so manageable. If we amplify things, it's so hard to manage. It is right, so and we try and we try to manage it. We just have to learn and let the flow go. I mean, yeah. you know, and life is really pretty easy if you go with your heart, and your heart will take you to the right places and bring the right people to you in the right situations. Um, but we fight it. We think we should do this, or somebody tells us we have to do that, or we, you know, we ought to do this, or you know, or you should, you know, they just put all these restrictions on you and these goals and these, you know, re- these rules that, you know, if you just kind of follow your heart, it it should come easy. It should, I don't think it, life is supposed to be that difficult. I mean, of course there's tragedies and there's disasters, but if you can keep that attitude of gratitude and try to find the positive thing in it, I think it helps you get through even the day, even watching the terrible news. I mean, there's got to be good things that come out of it. It's like the silver lining in every cloud. Just start mm-hmm. looking for the positive, you know, and mm-hmm. pretty soon it will become a habit, and you will see the positive. Well, yeah, exactly. So in the beginning, it takes the work. In the end, it becomes the habit, and that's what's so beautiful about it. Mm-hmm. And that's what the place you want to get in, to create your own habits, your own doing. So I'm going to ask you one one more question before we get we let you go enjoy the rest of your day. If you, from where you stand in right now, Patty Gogatak, you look at Sister Mary Kateri, and you don't know her, what would you tell her? I would tell her to follow her heart and not be so fearful. I think fear, I was motivated at that time by fear. And gradually, and it doesn't happen overnight, you learn that, you know, the universe really will take care of you, and you are part of that divine universe with our, you know, our immortal divine self that we have, our soul, and to trust it. But definitely mm. lose the definitely lose the fear. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, these are the two major emotions that we experience in our life, fear and love. And whatever, where we come, we tip the scale when we go on one side versus the other. But you really, you'll be better if you tip the scale toward love versus fear. Um, Fear can protect us. Fear is there for a reason. And uh, you should be grateful that you have that emotion because it can save your life. But you shouldn't allow fear to dictate how you should live your life. Well, and I always say, and it's fear is like guilt, and I compare guilt to electricity. A little electricity is good. It can light your home, <clears throat> eat mm-hmm. your food, that's true. but too much of it can kill you. And that's, that's like true. fear and guilt. Too much of it is um, paralyzing. So true. And, again, thank you so much. You've been a great guest, and, and it was really a pleasure having you on and sharing, you know, yourself and your book with you. Again, A Change of Habit is available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and you can also go to www.pattygogatalk.com. And, uh, of course, I encourage you to go to the to her website anyway so you can check out all the good stuff that she has there, her blogs, and, and uh, um, you can sign for that. Thank you so much. Any last uh, things you want to say before we go up there? Just to protect your happiness, go out and have a wonderful day and blessings to everybody. Thank you so much again. Take care. We'll see okay, you again. Okay, thanks, Rhea. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye now. Your Life Now radio show with Coach Rhea will return in just a few moments. Okay, that 
conclude our show for today. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Again, the show will be archived in a few seconds, actually start to archive, so it's recording right now. Um, so if you're listening live, you're not going to hear me, but you will listen to the pre-recorded. So again, I want to thank Patty Gogatov for being our featured guest for this week and for sharing her story, for sharing her book, A Change of Habits, again, is available um, on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and of course, by going to Patty's website at www.pattygogatalk.com. And one last thing, if you are an inspiring author and you like for us to um, interview you on the show, you have a positive message, we'd like to hear from you. So make sure you contact us at www.yourlifenow.info. Until next time, my friends, stay amazing. Much love to you all. Take care.